back. It is Mike and Matt. It, it's not It's not Matt and Ben. It's not two British dudes. The founder of, of The Real World is back. Mike Thomas, how the hell are you? You live in Harlem now. I do. I do live in Harlem. I am taking part in gentrification, which feels <laughs> That's wonderful. True. That's true. You've become what you hate. After being forced off my own podcast for months at a time, I am, of course, back. No one forced you off anything. <laughs> But uh, it's uh, it's good to be back. I, yeah. I have missed our us yelling at each other. Yeah, um, I'm gonna politely, miss politely. I'm gonna miss the sort of pleasant, upbeat agreement that happened between me and Ben. And I look forward to us really knuckling down into like one particular issue that is just a hill to die on for one of us. Yeah, so it's excellent adventures. Fox put an X Men related property out for the first time since Logan. And well, what's funny was we thought this was gonna be a really busy year for the x-men podcast no, given no, that no, no, no. and it was we should have had like four or five things and yes, instead they just should. keep pushing shit back <laughs> they've moved every film that actively is in development before we go any further as mike alluded to he was pushed off this podcast myself and ben phillips did ben and matt's marvelous journey we went through the entire history of the mcu there's lists there's all that kind of garbage just go to into the real world.com and on the left hand side there's the tab with ben and matt's marvelous journey go there check it all out from broadcast depth there's our Lost podcast hosted by Kevin Ford and Ben Lundy. That is a very good time. And uh, starting July 15th, Ben and I will be back at it with Countdown to Destruction, which is our Leftovers podcast. And then me and Mike are going to be doing stuff. Yeah, you didn't even know because you don't listen to our goddamn podcast. And I quote, I don't listen to podcasts I'm not on, you narcissist. Uh, That is correct. Who has the time? Um, Who has the time? Uh, Podcast is already a dying medium. We are jumping in at the end. That's true. Um, (laughs) I really do like the first season of Leftovers, though, so maybe maybe I'll listen to that one. Maybe. Wow. I'm still just bitter. I'm I'm still just bitter you didn't call it Two Infinity Wars and Beyond, though, so. Well, you had your chance. Anyway, uh, that's all admin bullshit out of the way. You gotta do these plugs. People stop listening if you do them at the end. They're just like, oh, plugs, bye. So you just get them yeah. up front. So, Deadpool 2. Yeah. Who would have thunk it that the entire sort of tenuous future of the X-Men as a, as a property in film would hinge around Deadpool <laughs> as that potential merger looms ever closer or further away? Who even knows anymore? It really does feel like, though, if Deadpool 1 was not the smash hit that it was, that, you know, they easily could just close the loop after Logan and yep. been done with it. I yep. think uh, Deadpool's probably the spark that they uh, makes them not want to give up on everything. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a complete change of tone, uh, and it, it made a fuck ton of money. So, <laughs> you know, and you, the you, second one is making another fuck ton of money. I know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. It, yeah. It's passion the Christ then then, as they point out. I mean, for those who don't remember, we were you know we weren't opposing sides of Deadpool one, but I was certainly <laughs> far less enthusiastic about it than you were. You, and... you rightly pointed out, I, I, I don't think your point was wrong, that while it claims to be a massive sort of fresh, trope-breaking, trope-busting, genreless film, it does still very much adhere to a traditional structure of like saving the damsel in distress, shitty villain, you know, it, it's that classic journey. 100% right. I just think that you, you knuckled down on that so hard and bunkered down on that point that I think you missed no, some joy me. in that first one. <laughs> I will say, though, I think this the second film 
song is much much better uh i i have read a depressing number of takes that it's worse and i was like what why how can this be a justifiable opinion but everyone's entitled to this well i think you know it reminds me a lot of uh iron man which <laughs> the, the first deadpool reminds me a lot of iron man which is that okay yes this in this moment right now in time feels fresh and new and that makes it important Mm. that does that may be significant and maybe we'll look back on it and be like man deadpool ushered in a completely new tone for superhero movies etc that's been for the better or at least significant mm. but that does not mean that the original is the best it just means it's the original astute um, observations from mike thomas god we've yeah. missed you here we've also missed the numbers that you bring if, if you yeah. look at content you've created on this website it, it just That's... absolutely blows ours out of the water it was a depressing and humbling experience oh you gotta spam reddit with it man you yeah spam reddit technically not allowed to promote your own stuff but you do it yeah, anyway ki- who gives a fuck? i'm kicked off of most superhero reddits at this point i can't post anything anymore nice. but there's still a few that let me that's so you know we're, cool. we're the bad boys of podcast yeah <laughs> right but uh it is you know i i think the issues with that first one was that it was a little bit more uh sizzled and steak mm. in its attempt to subvert superhero tropes yeah and i think your mileage with it mostly depends on the laughs yeah. and i think sometimes it was funny genuinely mm-hmm. sometimes it was kind of like eye roll inducing Yes, and they marketed it to death, and they gave you a lot of the biggest jokes eight hundred times on TV, on before movies. Like, and this one, I think they smartly steered away from that. They actually subvert you with the marketing, which we'll get into later. But you know, they did stuff like the Bob Ross special and and the Celine Dion video, and a lot of just stuff that isn't in the actual movie. And I think that worked out for the better because I I hadn't heard most of these jokes. And as a result, it felt funnier, but it's difficult to say things like that because it's difficult to take yourself back to the first time you saw a comedy movie and remember how funny it is. Because I've watched it since. I watched it today, in fact. And I, I laughed like once, but that's, you know, that's comedy. You know, like some things just are not funny on repeat i didn't not enjoy it but i definitely i wanted to make sure that my my takeaway that oh this is much better uh held up so i watched that first one i don't think it's completely like without merit or anything like that there are certain things it does better than the second one but there are also a lot of things that it doesn't do as well in my opinion and i think that kind of brings us to two issues with deadpool one it feels incredibly ephemeral it is so in the moment about the moment there are jokes in here that might not be funny in weeks. Like that's how like in the moment it is. You know, I was talking with somebody and I, it was a joke that I saw on Twitter first. I can't remember when first said it, but the idea was like, I can't believe Deadpool didn't just go all the way and CGI Christopher Plummer in for TJ Miller. And someone said like, well, the movie's so of the moment as it is like they, how many more in the the moment jokes can there be? And that person was right. Like this is not meant to be one of those enduring comedies that makes you laugh forever. It is a movie of the moment. And I don't think every movie needs to be enduring. And I don't, I'm not saying this is a knock, but I think it's also worth pointing out and kind of important to acknowledge. I don't think these Deadpool movies are going to be like, they're an experience more. It's, Almost like Avatar in a way. Mm. I mean, I really hate Avatar. Yeah. But Avatar <laughs> had its fucking moment. It and did. Avatar was like the talk of, you know, the metaphorical town yeah. for that moment in time. And it made a shit ton of money. Yeah. And I happen to think that at least the first sequel will also make, probably make a shit ton of money too. But there's a reason why it does not hold up. 
and as much shit as I'll give Titanic, for instance, <laughs> like I fucking hate Titanic almost as much as I hate Avatar, but that movie is far more enduring than Avatar. Like, yeah. There are things about it that are far more enduring. And you know, Deadpool is about going to the theater yeah. and ideally you should see it with a packed audience. Yes. Um, and <laughs> after that, I don't know how many times you need to see it again. And, <laughs> And I don't, like I said, I don't really mean that as an insult. No. Um, it'd be easy to take as one, but it's uh, a cool, unique experience. I'll, I'll also say it, it was a nice uh, sort of chaser to the sort of grim, depressing Infinity War uh, weeks earlier, because it, it's just lighthearted and... You know, it's gonna catch yeah. people that don't give a shit about superhero movies who are just gonna come and laugh, and like that's cool. The the thing I said to you that well, we agreed on. We had this opinion separately. The first one's kind of a proof of concept. This is what Deadpool is about. Here's the you know here's the pitch, and then I think this is a full realization of what it can be. It, I think it could still be even more than this, and and I'd be interested to see what the future of this slash X Force is, which we'll we'll discuss. But yeah, I, I think. You know, he's got more people to talk to. It's mm-hmm. bigger, but not in a bad way. It, like that first one, there are times it's like three people talking on a suspiciously empty freeway and stuff like that. You know, it's just, I think it's just a better executed movie overall. I mean, the first one felt like a, an unaired pilot that the studio's like, okay, we want this, but we yeah. do this. <laughs> and now we get the redone pilot. And like, luckily, they kind of had that room to kind of fuck up with the pilot. I mean, I mean, fuck up's a strong word, yeah. but, like, it was so successful that no one really gave them shit for the holes in it. Yeah, um, for sure. They were, you know, they got a lot of leeway over critics and audiences alike. You know, the second one should be, I mean, is, I think, better in pretty much every way. It feels far yeah. more satisfying on a storytelling level like you were talking about, and it's also way funnier. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's not that it got less juvenile or anything like that, because it is still obviously very juvenile, but I don't know, a lot of the jokes in the first one, they're like very low-hanging fruit, and yeah, some of it's, if it's not cleverer, it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't like using words like clever and sophisticated to describe what is fundamentally two hours of dick jokes, but still. Like, I don't even think it's that. I think it sounds so simplistic. I think it's just better. It's like everything is better. Like mm-hmm. even the the meta jokes about the other X-Men movies, even they are better than the meta <laughs> jokes about the X-Men movies in the first one. It's like yes. this felt like it just felt more confident. That's you know. a good word to describe it. I, I think it's a far more confident project yeah. where, I mean, to get into it. So, you know, they announced the sequel days before the first film's released. Ron Reynolds got bumped up from just Star, who cares a lot about it he gets a full producer credit he got casting and creative control out of it which led writing to too. yes i think he was uncredited as a writer on the first yeah. one but yeah um this led to tim miller leaving the project in october 2016 uh he wanted to make a smaller sort of genre piece whereas ryan reynolds is more about the big bombastic comedy and also uh tim miller was very attached to casting car chandler as cable and while i kind of want to see what that would have looked like uh ryan reynolds was not a fan of this idea and they they parted ways uh gina carano and junkie xl left with him (laughs) why would you why would you die on that hill they looked at rupert sanders uh drew goddard who is making x-force uh, and Magnus Martens, who made Twelve Monkeys and Banshee. They were all considered, but they got David Leitch, 
who uh, was a stunt performer and director of John Wick and Atomic Blonde. Same writing team, though, but with Ryan Reynolds getting that full credit, and Drew Goddard consulted on the script a little bit. So the big takeaway is that Ryan Reynolds basically took this over creatively, and we are getting more of, of his sort of vision out of it, and I think you can very much tell, <laughs> like, because... You know, he plays this character so well. Like, it's a second skin for him. He is a perfect casting, and there's almost no point talking about his performance because, you know, he nailed it. I think he kind of nailed it the first time. He's just got better material this time. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a fully evolved... Evolved seems like the wrong word. But a fully realized version of the Ryan Reynolds persona. You know, it's Van Wilder on cocaine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was his breakout movie to yeah. a certain extent. A movie I have a great fondness for, despite the glaring flaws. Obviously. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, oh, you it, should. It, 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 it's it, perfect in my head. I don't want to fuck it up. I don't want it to be another Batman Forever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I w- watch it with somebody. Watch it yeah. with somebody who's never seen it, and I think you'll still enjoy it, is cool. what I'd say. Because you'll be surprised how much they enjoy it. But anyway, it sounds kind of almost mean to say this, given that you know Deadpool's in some ways pretty shitty person but it's like it feels like there's no difference between ryan Reynolds and wade wilson like it's like you know it's the it's the robert downey jr tony stark persona that he was doing years before tony stark he's just snide and sarcastic and like egotistical and like it's if they could get away with being who robert yeah robert downey jr <laughs> plays that suspiciously well mm. um yeah, just like how he makes them fly his own furniture out to the set like, yes, uh, so, any other thievery demands yeah like so you know this just feels like ryan reynolds in his element mm. going non-stop and you know he's got a tiny bit of pathos to him you know that yeah. they wisely don't lean on too much it wouldn't really be that fun of a movie we'll we'll it's, get into it as a big discussion yeah. but just as a very brief tiny sentence i think he actually does a pretty good job of acting those scenes where he is communicating with vanessa in the afterlife or in his head yeah. or whatever yeah and the scene at the end where they sort of restore him to his ryan reynoldsy appearance I, th- I think he actually plays all those quite well in a movie mm. that is far more concentrating on him firing off thousands of quips and doing crazy violence i i think he's good so this this movie, I'm not going to bore you with a massive synopsis, but essentially, Vanessa dies, Deadpool's real depressed, he reluctantly joins the X-Men, which brings him into the path of this kid called Russell, who, future badass man Cable, comes back in time to kill so that he will not grow up to be a big old murderer. And that's, that's kind of your film. Like, he forms X-Force to try and stop Cable, then they end up teaming up and trying to stop this kid from being a murderer. It's basically Looper and Logan combined. <laughs> yes, uh, someone pointed out that is the exact plot of Looper. I was like, oh yeah, you, you're 100% right. So I mean, we, we've been talking about kind of how it compares to that first movie. I think we've hit a lot of it on the head, but one thing I kind of want to say is that I think a lot of the returning cast are less interesting this time around, or they have, because there's more people to service, they don't get as much time. Colossus... The same, maybe slightly worse. I think he gets more to do. Yeah, but not necessarily for the better, though. <laughs> yeah. I was. It was uh, an example of kind of like, you see it sometimes with sequels where they really like a character the first time, so they're like, ooh, let's yeah. double down on this. And, yeah. yeah. Kind of like how they fucked up Drax in Guardians 2. I was kind of upset Negasonic Teenage Warhead doesn't do more. Cause she really? Was, I thought she Barely was great in the first one. And I expected her to like have a much larger role this time, but it's kind of 
snippets and then deferring to her girlfriend Yukio, which is a funny beat that they keep going to with them sort of just waving to each other. I, I will say I did appreciate that on a day where the Han Solo movie guys were bragging that a character was pansexual despite no evidence in the film, <laughs> that this character was just casually, casually queer and like not like, I mean, it was queer, but like no one was making this like big announcement about it or anything no. like that. How very J.K. Rowling of them. Uh, yeah. Yukio, you may remember from The Wolverine, that really boring movie we reviewed. But, you know, very different actress this time, of course. I just I just thought that she would be doing more than she is, but... The Yukio thing was a little weird. It was mm-hmm. like, it was funny, but it was also like, hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. her only character trait is that she's Asian is a little bit problematic. <laughs> and she has neon streaks in her hair. She sure does. she's... I don't know. I do I like just... the the you know Negasonic is just such a moody like goth, and then Yukio is like the brightest like floweriest person, and it's like, well, yeah. how does this happen? But yeah, I feel Negasonic is kind of just she's taking a backstage to her girlfriend who has no character. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, for the yeah, like... just for the joy of like Ryan Reynolds getting to be like, hey Yukio, and doing like the butterfly thing and. It was like a funny beat, but yeah. I don't. I think when we talk about how this film is not going to age well, I think that's an element <laughs> that we'll sure. mention if we ever watch it again. Yes, uh, Dopinder and Blind Alabak, they don't really add a, a huge amount. I didn't really like Dopinder in the first one, and I don't think he did anything in this one that made me change my mind about him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Blind they're, they're just, definitely just like... They're I just there. Really... They're just yeah. there. And then, you know, rounding out the returning cast. So Weasel and Vanessa become problematic, but for very different reasons. <laughs> Count me among, you know, sane people that are disappointed TJ Miller remained in the film. I assume they got far too late into the into the process to, like, smoothly remove him. Because they have, like... he. I don't think he did any press for this, and they've confirmed he will not be in any sequels or X-Force or anything like that. So... I feel they kind of kept him in out of necessity. But in a, in a film that repeatedly makes jokes about, like, predatory men and, and sort of all that kind of stuff, to have this alleged rapist in this film, at, at the very least, a publicly drunken asshole, like, just rubbed me very much the wrong way to see him there. Yeah, I think the weird part to me was that it seemed like his role could have easily been removed based on the final cut or the theatrical cut. Like, beyond that scene where they're all holding the guns with Cable late and blind at Al's house, he's almost not in a shot with anybody else. Well, I think he... Well, he's sitting next to Deadpool when they're sort of recruiting X-Force. Okay, and you you get the idea that, like, you know, it's his contacts that they're interviewing. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's just, like, like, that could have been somebody... Like, there's two scenes where he's next to people where you couldn't, like, I mean, everybody else, you could just reshot it. It, I don't know. When I found out he was still in it, I expected him to be in a lot more than he actually was. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they did cut as much of him as they could. I begrudgingly found, like, the stuff with the torture quite funny, where he, like, taps out immediately, and the line about, I told him nothing except everything he wanted to know. And I was like, great, now I'm laughing at this dude I hate, so great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've got to do better with this stuff, but at least he is not returning in the future. But Vanessa is fridged immediately. I, I remember leaving the first one thinking, huh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with this character. 
clearly they should try to involve her in the action somehow this time and not just be like damsel in distress, right? Yeah. That's the logical thing to do. Like yeah. you, okay, you leaned on like a cliche role for her once. Mm-hmm. Now you have to like do something different with it. And like, you know, and... Because, because of like the way her character, like the way her and Wade meet and the way their relationship is where they're like just saying the darkest possible shit to each other and it's very sex positive and all this stuff. I guess in their heads they were like, well, she's not like every other girl in movies. However, we will lock her in a tube and have her be bait. So I guess yeah. they thought they were getting away with it. And then in this one, the writers claim they have never heard this term to fridge. And they have argued that, I, I think they said something to the effect of, oh, it just shows that he cares about her more than anything else. I think they said <laughs> they had so many strong female roles mm. in the movies that it didn't matter. With so many uh, lines. I mean, so, so many lines between them all. I remember when this happened and I was like, I rolled my eyes pretty fucking hard. Yeah. I really, I thought there was going to be a twist somewhere. Yeah. And also kind of just like the self-congratulatory like round of applause they were giving themselves and the credits were being like, yeah, we really went there. Yeah. And like, it was not the best note to start on. No. And, and again, was, just like the weasel thing, this film makes several jokes, probably too many, about lazy writing. And then this is the laziest possible thing you can do in an action movie, is kill a male character's wife, daughter, sister, any female that they are close to. Like That's the laziest thing you can do. And they went ahead and did it. And then it's, it's completely for nothing, because... It's not like a Tony Stark thing where it's like, oh, but we need him to be sing- like a single bachelor, like just hitting on all the ladies. That's not who Deadpool is. Like that doesn't need to be part of his character. He can very easily have Vanessa at home and be out were... doing his shit. Because their relationship, I thought, was one of the they best. They were the tailors from Friday Night Lights. They were the tailors from Friday Night Lights. That's who they were in the comic <laughs> yeah. universe. They're yeah. like they're going to bicker. They're going to banter with each other sometimes, but they clearly love each other, and that's clearly, like, they're not going to break up. I think the idea of a character that can't die wanting to kill himself is a potentially interesting note, but at what cost, you know? Because, I, like, it does, it has nothing to do with the main plot, because Cable was coming back in time either way, and Wade doesn't want to save the kid because of Vanessa. I mean, they try and tie it to that, where, like, she's saying your heart's in the wrong place, not in the right place, or whatever. But he just fundamentally is like, like Cable even says, like, why don't you want me to kill the kid? And he's like, that's a really fucked up sentence. It didn't need any of this. And they bring her back to life at the end. So it was all for now. And even before that, though, when they're like all walking away from the scene at the end, you're kind of just like, I mean, granted, Wade's been mourning for a lot of the movie, but it kind of just kind of felt like they forgot about her at the very end there. Yeah. And, and um, he even asked to die and Cable just disrespected his wishes. Was that good? Yeah, and not, also, not good. and also, I feel she's kind of in the movie as much as she is the first one. So it's it's not a case of like, oh, we couldn't get Morena, or there's not enough time for these other characters. It's like, no, she's in this fucking movie. She's just you killed her. Yeah, I I think they play those scenes well together, where you know he's trying to talk to her and like you know the potentially being together again and then torn away. I think that's all really well acted. It's just you did not in any way need to go down this road. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a blunder, yeah. and it, their response to the blunder was <laughs> yes. made it worse. Yes, it would have been a refreshing, like you know, for a a sub franchise that is supposed to be about being refreshing and flying in the face of tropes. It would have been nice to see a superhero who's in a like stable relationship. But hey, yes, and I think also you know we talk about them subverting superhero movies. I mean, this movie is so much Logan. It's <laughs> and what's weird is that. 
it mock it doesn't really acknowledge it in some way but like not in the ways that like should yeah <laughs> like this movie is loaded <laughs> kind of yeah this this movie is really 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 logan in a lot of ways yeah he's playing and, with the toy he says i'm dying in this one too they use the same goddamn music at the uh, end which i didn't even pick up yeah i didn't, I didn't up either <laughs> but i mean it's basically all about saving a kid yeah. and you know kind of coming grips like this is more important than anything else he can do right now etc 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 and that's fine and mm. all but i i think once again that <clears throat> and the fridging they're still not great at actually subverting what they're doing. It still is not. Yeah, it's like it's, it's fresh like fresh level one subversion. <laughs> yeah, I like we've moved ahead beyond just like oh, it's rated R, and they make a bunch of dick jokes. Okay, yeah. we are past that officially, but we're not much further past that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cable is. I mean, he for the first half of the movie, he is the antagonist, and then they switch him to be his ally. Josh Brolin gets a higher credit <laughs> than Ryan Reynolds does, which is telling he beat out a who's who of washed up like 80s action stars and Dolph Lundgren Mel Gibson Kurt Russell Bruce Willis Sylvester Stallone Arnold Schwarzenegger Ron Perlman Pierce Brosnan weird David Harbour they had Michael Shannon at one point and then that didn't work out and uh Deadpool's creator and Cable's creator Rob Liefeld uh wanted Russell Crowe we got Josh Brolin, who, you know, his name wasn't coming up in fantasy casting. It was a bit of an unusual sort of pick, I thought, when they announced him. But I think he is uh, shockingly good in a superhero movie for the second time this year. Um, oh, you didn't like him. Oh, no. It's not so much I didn't like him. I just didn't really care a lot about Cable in this movie. Hmm. I think they kind of just played on some tropes. Based on his look, yeah, they absolutely did. I think he nails like the physicality and like the look. Like I think it's shocking. Like when you look at Josh Brolin's like body of work to see him now do something like this, like oh wow. But for sure, like you know, shows up for like the first time. 25 half an hour into the movie something like yeah, that something and then like he's that. gone yeah. again and it's like oh yeah, yeah cables in this movie and then he dominates it from when he shows up he does I, in some ways but like it's like okay we can pick up that he's sad about something he picks up a stuffed animal probably his kid he's yeah. ripped to shreds he's got a robot arm <laughs> he kills people very easily and they don't really go much past that well i was and gonna I, say in some ways that's a good thing because yes his his backstory is all kinds of fucked up, and I think they did a very smart thing by just being like, this is what he looks like, he's from the future, deal with it. And it's like, that's a lot smarter than trying to say, well, he's the son of Cyclops and a clone of Jean Grey, he was a baby, went to... You know, I'm not even gonna, but... I think that they... I don't know, they, they are well sort of opposed, and I think they have the potential to become the kind of odd couple superhero pairing that they are in the comics in, in a future movie, where they're sort of quote-unquote friends from the start i don't know i think he was an effective sort of antagonist for a bit uh and then it's just yeah he's cable he's got a big gun have fun (laughs) yeah you know it felt like a backdoor pilot for the cable character in a quick comparison like i got a lot more out of the i I found there to be a lot more to the hook in the last thor movie than cable in this one for instance i would say it's kind of similar in terms of presence and screen time you know like it felt like that was a more valuable use of time like it felt just kind of felt like they were they just trusted the audience to pick up on very little and and they just didn't do much more with it beyond that and i think that's so much a criticism it's more just like 
that's what's going on. So <laughs> that's why I don't care about them. Like I don't mm. like like I think they took for granted that we would care about them. Um, I I think yeah I think you are right because I I have a vague investment in the character from reading a lot of the stuff with him in it, uh, including like they kind of stealing this from a story where he's on the other side of it and he's trying to stop someone else from killing a kid uh, from the future. So I was kind of into it on that level, but hearing you say that out loud, you're absolutely right. Like, he is pretty one note. I just think that, like, I think he's nailed the look in a way that just... It seemed like it was going to be a very difficult role to physically cast, and I think he nailed that aspect of it. And I'm willing to give him another at-bat to have a more meaningful character than he does. Yeah. I I just feel maybe, like, he needed some more lines. (laughs) Like, he needed to monologue or something. I mean, I think in full transparency, I guess I had some bias going in, which is I read an interview with him after Avengers. He was just like, oh, yeah, Thanos was way more fulfilling to to uh, do well, than I'm Cable. 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look at the two I movies. Was, it, I mean, it's, it, once you see Deadpool, that makes a whole lot of sense. But yeah. you really, before this, you don't really have a great sense of, well, it's not a great history of Marvel villains and certainly not a great no. history of Marvel, of actors who play Marvel villains really caring about what they do. Yeah. You know, well, Cuba yeah. weaving, which refusing to come back for a 30 second role. I fucking um, thought it was him in the foot in the film. I though. did. I did too. I was like, um, they got you. They, they wrote the they right amount of money. On the they got him back. But yeah, there's way more going on with motherfucking Thanos than there is with Well, because he got to pour uh, so much into that and he got to do like face capture and like, well, no, I know what I'm saying. These though, is deep, that... meaningful scenes. Whereas this is That's just my like, point, though. yeah, I'm not criticizing him saying that. I'm saying yeah. I was shocked to read that until I watched Deadpool yeah. 2. I'm like, oh, that's why he felt that way because there actually was a shit ton more for him to do in, <laughs> in uh, Avengers as what than there was in this. Like, he's not, he's an idea. He's yeah. not a character in this one. Yeah. Well, that's and fun. if anything, the only thing we really know, like that moment where he decides not to go back into the future feels completely unearned mm-hmm. because he's not a character in this one. I mean, the only thing I'll give him credit for is that I feel like the way Marvel would have handled it would have been like he would have gone to the future and then the next film he's just magically back in the present somehow by through like some like loophole like oh yeah but, but the, the, how much dark energy did the all father have to summon to send you back here that's your favorite the, line in, in the history oh, of shared God. continuity isn't it i mean but then you know we're so deep into the the fucking i mean he he says the stuff about how you know your generation fucked up the world and all that and that is sort of what the character does uh, in the yeah. comics. Like he's like trying to stop we, the world from becoming an absolute nightmare. I, yeah. I am like we need more. We need more. <laughs> yeah, I, I am thinking like your wife and kid may not exist if you do certain things. So surely that's an important thing for you. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to rewrite the movie or anything like that. But no, let's do I it. think. If, yeah, for that moment to mean anything, the first half hour would have had to be about him and not Deadpool. I think. Yeah, which I was, would have been our I was shocked really... he showed up as late as he did. For, yeah. for absolute sure. I, th- I just think it's a common part of the... It, it's the problem with having a character like Deadpool that, you know, audiences want so much of that everyone yeah. else is kind of suffering at his hand. And, like, Cable gets a lot more screen time than some of these other people, but even he is, is suffering from it being the Deadpool show featuring these people all of that said i still think the movie is better for having more people than the first one where it was like just deadpool talking to almost no one yeah i mean i i think especially with something like deadpool i mean like i've been pretty consistent about this since we started this podcast 
bigger ensembles usually lead to bit better, more enjoyable comic book movies. Yeah. Like, most of these characters are too paper thin, yeah. you including need, Deadpool. They need to, people to bounce off, you need to yeah. put different energies in a room and see what it does. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's a big part of the reason why this one was better than the first one. Yeah. But that does bring its own issues. And you're taking, like, a six and making it a seven by this way. But now <laughs> the struggle is, how, how do we get to that next level where the characters that we do focus on truly have something meaningful to do. Hmm. And, um, you know, that's the next step. Yeah. Do we get, maybe that'll happen with the next film. Maybe yeah. it will. So of the, uh, the characters that are having some screen time taken away that I think they needed, Zazie Beetz is Domino. Very enthusiastic about this actress playing this character. I think she has been sort of a, not a breakout star of this and the, or anything like that, but, I think people are enthusiastic about her. It's just I was I was pretty shocked that she says as little as she does. Like she gives the line about you know like why she's here, like she's looking for some sort of like cosmic purpose or whatever, and she's just like going with the flow because that's her powers. Like luck, things will work out her way. But it kind of just feels like she's tacking a lot. There's not enough explanation as to why she's doing what she's doing. I think, and I don't know whether it's good or bad that they never address how she knows like martial arts and, and is a mercenary badass but i, I don't I know while you were saying all this it came to me i think the big thing about domino in this movie is that if it wasn't for the fact that you knew that Dom, like you as an individual knew that domino was a prominent x-men character <laughs> you would have expected her to die along right along with everybody else in that <laughs> montage there's no reason based on what we see in the movie even really kind of what comes afterwards for her not to have died well, she got her um, own poster, though, so... Yeah, that's, but that's like, yeah, like, it's like, she's important because the movie says she's important. You know, I really like Zazie Beach. Yeah. Uh, really good actress from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, I've only seen her in Atlanta, but she's Yeah, she's me too, great but... Um, Janelle like, Monet tried out for that role. That would have been uh, interesting. Um, the, stu- the studio uh, were very interested in casting a non-white actress, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad they did that, but... There is this unfortunate trope where this movie has a lot of non-white characters in it, but the people that are important are the white male actors. So yeah, it's it's just an unfortunate trope. Like I think there's some there's definitely some really fun moments with her, like the whole scene where she's driving the truck and then like they they go off the edge and she lands on the giant panda and then you know her having this fight scene where these guys get final destination to death i thought that was already fun but i i would like to see her role significantly increased uh in this in this x-force movie yeah but uh it was like again it was a good starting point for the character yeah it's what's next they're fleshing out their universe they they yes they've created a nice starting point Julian Dennison is Russell Rusty Collins. I have not seen Hunt from the World of Pe- Hunt for the World of People by Taika Waititi, but from what I know, he's essentially playing the exact same role he did in that. And I guess they were just like, "Hey, nobody saw this. Would you like to do it in front of millions of people?" He's a charismatic kid. The character's a bit of an asshole. <laughs> like I think we could have done with a moment where he's like vulnerable or something instead of just being nonstop fury. But he is definitely a charismatic like kid, and you know, saying that like a child actor will have to carry a large amount of the plot and will end up as sort of the main antagonist—that's like a sentence that would make me nervous. And I think he did a decent enough job at that. Yes, I think that's the best way to put it. Is uh, if I had known how big of a role he would have had going in, I would have been far more apprehensive about this movie. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that. 
you know, Deadpool figures out the situation immediately and just executes one of those motherfuckers. But, like, they put this kid in a prison with adult men. And it's... And also, side note, they put a man whose powers stop him from having cancer into a prison and they put on a power dampening collar so they're basically sentencing him to death and it's like well what are we doing here guys <laughs> like you're giving a man cancer essentially i thought that was kind of fucked up but i thought he was he was perfectly fine like he's better than i would have hoped for for a child actor for sure yeah and i think you know the plot is super duper derivative of looper yeah. and logan so, I mean, like, that prevents the movie feeling like a fresh new take on something, mm. even for it within the quote-unquote genre of superhero movies. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's executed pretty well, all things considered. And I think this kid is a raging asshole, but I think, you know... <laughs> um, he's still a kid. A cap- <laughs> I think he's a kid. One, he's a kid, and, you know... I think he's a kid. That's a, a great a take, Mike. I didn't mean it like an I I think okay. as a kid, like, the kids deserve to, you know, they have a lot of reason to be pissed this pissed off. Yes. Especially someone like him. Yes. And um, I think that's okay. Yeah. I didn't mind that he was just angry all the time. It felt very natural. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I do like the way they play all that stuff where, you know, Deadpool just being like, what, what do you mean, why shouldn't you kill a child? And I yeah. thought that was all good. Eddie Marsan is is, is the headmaster. Not really worth talking about. No, got a bit of a William Stryker vibe. He's creepy. That um that institute is the Essex Institute, aka Mister Sinister. So they are allegedly trying to get Mister Sinister into a movie, and I really hope I this keep, dude isn't him. <laughs> they keep threatening us. Like, what's this? Three movies in a row now that have teased Mister Sinister. Yeah. Well, allegedly, uh, allegedly Jessica Chastain is playing him, so... I thought she was playing... Lalandra. No. Apparently she is now playing Miss Sinister. Oh. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is the juggernaut. I don't know why I didn't see it coming, but there you go. I feel they kind of made... Tried to make him look a slight touch like Vinnie Jones. <laughs> he is entirely CG. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is voicing him, but it's credited as the voice of Juggernaut as himself. Maybe Ron Reynolds is just actually a massive fan of the character because that is a recurring joke. Is that, oh, I loved you in this and this and that, and then he rips him in half. It would have been it difficult was... to do worse than Vinnie Jones as the Juggernaut. <laughs> yeah. Only real comment I have about that, I think it sounds like it's so SJW bullshit, but like, you know what? Anally rape, not funny. Not no. funny. Like, True. that was the joke of that's of his death. Or not death, but that was the joke of his defeat. This and I was true. like, that's not funny. No, it's not funny. This is true. We, we can do better. Us snowflakes with our podcast. I know, mm. man. Just like, whatever. Like, it's such a small thing in the grand scheme of things with this movie, but it's mm. like, we can do better. We should do better. Speaking of political correctness, uh, Jack Casey, Kesey, as Black Tom Cassidy. What a strangely deep cut to make and adapt this sort of Irish villainous mutant from X-Men cartoons and comics into this kind of uh, interesting-looking fellow who Wade refers to as African-American Tom. Weird, but fun. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that one's probably more fun if, if you have ever heard that name before than if it's just, here's a guy, he's called Black Tom. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think what's interesting, I think that we're... Maybe the one thing worth re-exploring with these movies is they call attention to a lot of things like that, and I sometimes can't tell are they who are they dunking on? Mm, exactly. Are they dunking on? Are they dunking on people who care about this stuff? Or are they dunking on the people who do this stuff? I can't quite tell. Like, are, like it, it feels like they're making fun of people who care that this character be named Black Tom. 
at times. Uh, it seems like they're kind of vacillating back and forth. But, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's a relatively small beat in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I have a question for you. Sure. I only saw Beast. Okay. Like, everyone else was really in there? Yes. Like, James McAvoy, Ty Sheridan, Evan Peters, Alexander Ship, Nicholas Holt. Like, I, like, like, I don't know, was I tired or something? But literally, my entire attention went to Beast, and I saw no one else in that scene. The eye is drawn to Beast, for sure. Yeah. Um, I definitely saw Quicksilver and Cyclops, and then I just assumed the others were there, and then I got home and looked it up. And yes, they are. Yeah. Fun moment. You know, they make that yes. joke in the first movie about, hey, huge house, only you two here. It's like, you know, the studio couldn't afford it, and then this time they... Yeah. They they got the fortunate thing of of Dark Phoenix filming at the same time, and uh, they got them in for a day, I guess. <laughs> Good for them. Good yes. for them. The so the fake X Force team. Mm. I thought this was a great bit. I loved it. I saw someone complain, and I was like, "You are out of your tiny mind." <laughs> yeah. The only mildly disappointing thing was that I'm disappointed Terry Crews is not a member of X Force. I know. I was like, "Why are you not promoting him more? He's awesome." And then I was like, "Oh." That's why. That's why. Now, Shatterstar. Was Shatterstar in X-Men Origins? Or am uh, I being racist? No, Shatterstar has never appeared in, uh, in a movie Okay, I'm before. being racist. You oh, goddammit. Are There's you talking about just... the guy with the pistols that does the flips and shit? Yeah, well, it's just like, I had a... Oh, I knew he God. had a mutant name, and I was like, are they playing off of that? Like, that seems random. No, Shatterstar is like... Like, X-Force and Cable and Domino generally... Uh, Cable and Deadpool, generally, it's all very 90s comics, like, dude bros with, like, crazy physiques and big guns and pouches, and Shatterstar's costume is ridiculous, and it's very that era, and I was stunned when they were like, oh yeah, Shatterstar's in the movie, and then it all made complete sense to me, I was like, right, got it, okay, you're gonna put him in and then kill him immediately, that's fine. <laughs> Brad Pitt as the Vanisher there, yeah, fun moment. Yeah, I was impressed that I recognized him. He was in actually... talks to be Cable, that's that's how they got him. I uh, I didn't recognize Rob Delaney, which I felt bad about, but, uh, you know, oh, well. Peter, the, the, the breakout star of the movie, Peter. I am so sad that bit was blown for me in a trailer, because I was really good yeah. Uh, like, I didn't see a single trailer for you Avengers. Didn't... Yeah, I'm shocked you managed that. Uh, like, you walked out of theaters, you looked away. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. very impressed. But I was not as committed for Deadpool 2, and I wish I was, because that one trailer where I saw Rob Delaney, or Peter, like, ruined what was. Not ruined, but, like, it was by far one of the funniest things in the movie to yeah. me. And also, and it's, it... like, almost all of his lines. <laughs> yeah. Really, and moments are in the trailer, pretty much. And it was pretty undercut by actually having seen them beforehand. Because yeah. there was. It's just one of those bits that makes. I don't understand this about trailers. That makes no difference in terms of getting people into the motherfucking theater. No. Why are you showing us? And that? it's so much funnier if you don't see it coming. Yeah. Like if they showed every other one of them and hit him, it would have been amazing. Did you recognize Alan Tudyk and Matt Damon? I recognized Alan Tudyk. I did not recognize Matt Damon. Matt Damon as one of the rednecks. Yes. And the writers of the movie play a helicopter pilot and a cameraman. Fun stuff. Hugh Jackman technically credited as <laughs> as the Wolverine. <laughs> Some fun stuff at the end there with, with Deadpool murdering his past incarnation of himself. Murdering Ryan Reynolds before he can play uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. And saving Peter. Was, just Peter. That was fun. <laughs> I was I was mildly surprised by how many people laughed at the Green Lantern joke. I'm just like, I feel like people all, like, who remembers Green Lantern? Why, uh, how, I, how does this I thought we were all just over this. 
Like, I thought as soon as Deadpool was a hit, that sort of just erased Green Lantern from existence. Yeah, it's like, it's not even like a punchline anymore, because people are just like, what? Well, Ryan Reynolds won in the end. And like, they make all those jokes, like, you know, are you sure you're not from the DC universe? And... People, but then it... my theater loved every single dunk on the DC universe. Yeah. I think he says I'm Batman. He also calls him Thanos and One-Eyed Willie. Both great jokes about Josh Brolin's career. No Stan Lee cameo. Busy having his blood stolen by his manager. Potentially being a creepy old man. Who knows? That, that's I mean, everyone in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a lot. Um, and a lot of them are clearly going to be in the next one, which sounds like it will not be Deadpool 3, but instead X-Force. Yes. I mean, I, I would assume your team is Cable, Domino, Deadpool. Colossus walked off with them. I don't know. Uh, I would like to see them do someone like Boom Boom. She's fun. But I'd be disappointed if we didn't add a couple more new people if it was just all the people in this movie because then it's like, well, then this was the X-Force movie. <laughs> yeah. There should be a, there probably should be at least one or two more for yeah. sure. You know, I think this has a lot of potential, I think. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, this is a way they, they definitely should go. I think it would be kind of funny if they just made Deadpool 4 and just talked about Deadpool 3 and it never actually had happened. But So I think K, um, Josh Brolin's on like a three film contract so you know I, they can't really get any films out but they could maybe do a Cable solo movie. They probably shouldn't but they could. They really probably shouldn't. <laughs> He's a big star I guess. Speaking of the future do, I mean do we want to look at some of these movies as, that are coming? Or I mean I think the big thing I'll say before then is that I am far more excited for Deadpool antics going forward than I yes. was before this one. Yes. I think that's a big thing for me. Yeah. That, that, that is big for you. Definitely. I did like the little uh, James Bond parody sequence with the uh, with the Celine Dion song. I thought that was probably pretty good. I thought I've, I was convinced that song is just for the sort of viral lol Celine Dion Deadpool moment but to see it actually in the movie as the opening sort of credits I thought that was that was quite good. So you know Fox potentially getting bought by Marvel any day now uh, probably won't go through until next year if it is even going through but X-Men Dark Phoenix was moved from November of this year to February of next year. That movie is definitely happening. New Mutants <laughs> delayed from April of this year to february of next year to august of next year the mind boggles they they have basically they talked josh boone out of making a horror movie then they dropped a trailer that was very horror heavy audiences loved it so they're like yeah make that horror movie you wanted to make reshoot over half the film so that's been delayed to hell uh, and because they moved dark phoenix they had to move new mutants away from dark phoenix and it's all just a mess while they are allegedly also making Gambit and Kitty Pride, neither of those two movies will ever happen, I don't think. Yeah, I think Gambit is a lost cause at this point. I don't know why they are so convinced that this movie is happening. Yeah, I think because they've... Well, I said they've got Channing Tatum. But I, I yeah. feel like even his star has sort of faded a little bit from when they first got him. Like, I, What was the last huge thing he was in? I don't even know. I mean, I think the most telling thing about the Gambit movie is that its Wikipedia page title is called Development of Gambit. <laughs> I did see that myself. Yeah, that is... Uh... I think, honestly, if anything, he probably should just be the next person at X-Force and just call it a day, right? I mean, like... yeah. That would probably be to... a smart way to tie everything up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anything to be gained from really... I don't you know, think he committed. has enough legs to carry his own movie. 
I think that's a fun casting and like a big get for them. I think it can be a fun character, but he definitely needs to be playing in a group. And as you, you know, they need more members of the team. That movie has a much stronger chance of coming out <laughs> than Gambit does. So yeah, they should just fucking fold him in with that and be done with it. Obviously, the big one is Dark Phoenix. Uh, Yay! I am apprehensive. I am too. <laughs> I don't have high hopes. I don't see any reason for it to be good. No. Honestly. The biggest issue, I mean, I wouldn't say the big, I mean, probably not the actually biggest issue. Jennifer Lawrence needs to get the fuck out of these movies. She is in it, isn't she? After it was like, she is. all but sure she was bouncing and she's like, ah, actually I'm getting some bad press right now. Maybe I'll do this huge movie. Yeah, she needs to be gone. God, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page now and says she has more material. Oh, she's more maternal. Never mind. I thought it's more material. I'm just like, God, oh, yeah. I can't possibly be more material than the last well, one. Well, that's the thing. They are like, they are handcuffed to her. They have to use her prominently. But like, that's not they don't. To the film's betterment. Yeah. I mean, I think Days of Future Past really got how to use her, which is that take advantage of the fact that you have her name, minimal screen time and talking. I think the, I think the big mistake they made with Apocalypse was if they were going to truly make that movie about her like they wanted to, X-Men uh, First Class... Eric becomes Magneto, two, Charles becomes Professor X, three, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She needs to die at the end. I hate to say that. It sounds so cliche, but like... But fridge her, Mike. I know. It's not, it's not fridging if she's I the main character and she dies at the end. <laughs> but her story ended a while ago, and it's just not interesting anymore. And wow. she feels like this anchor on the, on the series. Like, it, maybe a better actress could have done more with it or something, or mm. a better writer's could have had more to say about well, it. Well, I mean, Rebe- Rebecca Romain is not exactly a staggeringly good actress, but she was fucking great as Mystique. So. But that was a tease of a character. That was not an actual Exactly. That's, that's how you do it. Just yeah. reduce I mean, her right down and nail those couple of beats. As someone who, do, who, who has a fi- far higher opinion of the first class trilogy than you do, I am I really like I Days find, of Future Past. You really like the future scenes, the worst scenes in the I movie. I do. That movie. That's the movie I want. <laughs> Apprehension is the only word for it. I, I can't believe this movie's happening, honestly. Yeah. And Simon Kimberg wants it to be the start of a new trilogy. And it's like, I think it should be the end of a current run of film. Yeah. I don't know, like, I know you desperately don't want Marvel to have all of their toys back, because, I like, Fox have obviously done some great work over the years. They've also done some atrocious work, but they've also done some good work. And I like X-Men being its own thing, but honestly... I know they've they've had this huge success with Deadpool, and Logan was way better than it had any right to be, like, given who, it's the exact same team that brought you the Wolverine, but they just can't get it together, like, and, yeah, that New Mutants trailer, it's like, oh, that looks, that looks different and interesting, but the movie's probably not gonna be, like, you know, staggeringly different or anything, I, or it may just be too little too late, I don't know, I just think... They have really botched mainline X-Men in a way that needs addressing. <laughs> and I don't want everything to be rebooted ad nauseum, but we, we need to go a different way. Maybe. Something needs to happen. And finally, uh, Legion. We're both enjoying Legion this season. Yes, we'll that's, that is when you will next hear an episode of Michael Matt's Excellent Adventures. The UK are like two episodes 
behind. That's... And I'm like five episodes behind. So. Oh, well, that's perfect then. I think it ends in the UK at the end of June, so our Legion Season 2 episode will probably come at some point in July, I would I would guess. We may have some other stuff coming in the not-too-distant future. We may not. Who knows? In the meantime, Kevin Ford and Ben Lundy are keeping this website going with their coverage of Lost. Do listen to From Broadcast Depth. Ben and I's Leftovers podcast has said, come in July 15th. And uh, yeah, just go to enterTheRealWorld.com, SoundCloud.com slash MichaelMatt. Check out all that good stuff. Uh, Mike Thomas is back. Everyone was clamoring for his return and he's back. So you better listen and subscribe and like and all that stuff because I got you what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.